Coming up on the Keto Camp podcast, I share with you a live keynote presentation I recently did in Salt Lake City, Utah at Live It to Lead It 2023. I'm always asked, like, how do you know what is the right way to eat? How do you know this diet is not good for you and this is good for you? I always say, pay attention to what the government is telling you to eat and do the complete opposite, right? The 180 solution. So you turn this upside down, you're gonna probably be in a better direction than following this the way it's taught. Human beings are the only species smart enough to create their own food and dumb enough to actually eat it. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you so much for pressing play today. We are very excited that you have joined us today. Out of all the options out there, thank you so much. And today's episode is a special one only for you. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of delivering a keynote lecture in Salt Lake City, Utah at my mentor, Dr. Daniel Pampa's conference called Live It to Lead It 2023. And they sent me the recording of my lecture and I asked them if I'm able to repurpose this and post it for my Keto Camp podcast. And they said, yes, only for you all listening today. So you have access. This episode is the full presentation. This presentation is all about metabolic freedom. I start the presentation outlining the problem. Why do we see metabolic syndrome, obesity, so many people who are metabolically inflexible? And I go over four top causes to why we see the issue. And then we go over the solutions. We talk about environmental toxins. We talk about ketosis. We talk about mindset. We talk about vitamin G. You're going to love the presentation. The audience was incredible. All the Keto Camp coaches were there in attendance. It was just super cool. And it was an honor to deliver this presentation. So the presentation in full is today's episode. Before I share that with you, I want to acknowledge today's Apple podcast rating and review of the day from Ball Mom 7, five-star review titled Keto Junkie. New to this podcast, but I love the knowledge bombs and simplicity of this podcast. I'm definitely hooked. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for listening. I'm glad you're hooked. Welcome to the podcast. We have episodes several times per week, four episodes per week. Unlike any other podcast out there, we're super committed, a lot of incredible information, and we're dedicated to continuously getting out content to you. So thank you for showing up. If you have not left the Keto Camp podcast a rating and a review yet, please do so. Maybe I'll read yours on the next episode. I also want to say we just passed 200,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. So for those who are subscribed to our YouTube channel, thank you so much. We are so grateful and so appreciative. Our YouTube channel 
is the best of the best when it comes to health and wellness content, and we are delivering that on a consistent basis. So if you're not subscribed to the Keto Camp YouTube channel as of yet, yes, you could watch all of the Keto Camp podcast interviews video format on there, but I also release videos on there every day. So head over to youtube.com slash keto camp. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Is this on? One, two, three. One, two, three. Hey. Thank you. Y'all hear me, right? Okay. Wow. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, happy Friday to you three percenters who are committed to changing the world. Dr. Pump, we saw this morning, uh, deliver that powerful message that we have a real problem these days. But you know what the great news is? We have the solution. Like, this is the solution. Today, tomorrow, this weekend, the connections we're making here. And, uh, you know, hearing Peskin talk about pure form, which I love, makes me think, man, maybe if Pre- President Biden took some pure form, we might have a president. <laughs> but anyways, it's not political talk. I am excited to talk about metabolic flexibility. I know we all have different definitions on metabolic flexibility. I'm just going to share what I believe is metabolic flexibility. The ability to use different fuel sources at any time and adapt to those fuel sources. So primarily glucose and sugar, fat and ketones. And that mitochondria wants to be efficient at using both back and forth. We've lost this ability. I'm going to make the case why, which touches upon what Dr. Pompa just shared about and what Brian Peskin and Jeff shared about and what we're going to learn later. So my name is Ben Azadi, and I wrote the book Keto Flex. My Instagram is at TheBenAzadi. I'm going to go through these slides fast. I have my team here, and Alina will give you my slides if you need them. Just email Alina, support at ketocamp.com. If you want the slides, the studies, she'll give that to you. So thank you, Alina. Let's give a big round of applause for the goat right here. I don't think he's in the room, but this guy. The goats, the greatest of all time, the Michael Jordan of health educators. I first saw him speak at a Libertalita in Boca Raton, Florida, 2018. Sitting here in the back, I had a big beard. I owned a CrossFit gym at that time. Had eight silver fillings in my mouth, taking fish oil every day. Lived in a moldy home. (laughs) And then Dr. Pompa comes on stage. Didn't know what to expect. Follow him online. And it's like he took my head off of my body flipped it upside down like you did to you this morning and put it back on. And it's like everything I thought to be true about health is the opposite. And it changed my life. I made a decision when I saw him that day. I want to learn everything he knows and I want him to teach it to me. And I didn't know how that was going to work out, but I ended up joining the Platinum Group. And now I get to learn and be with these beautiful Platinums here. And it's just such an incredible honor. So thank you, Dr. Pompa. I love you. Oh, you're there. Thank you. Yeah, the goat. So what percentage of Americans are actually metabolically flexible? We'll say healthy, in other words. There's some studies that came out. Actually, this is a video. Um, If we could, let's see if I could play this video. Yeah, it's showing the trends in obesity and metabolic, let's say, inflexibility over the years. You can see 1991, it goes on until the early 2000s, but you can see it's growing and growing and growing over the years. 2000. We have now 25% in a few states. Continues to get worse and worse and worse as the years go on. So we know that in the 1980s, uh, this was not a problem. Or the 1970s, this was not a problem. But when we fast forward to today, 
This study came out from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. 10-year study, over 8,000 participants. The goal of the study was to determine how healthy or how unhealthy are Amer American adults. And they determined that only 12%, only 12% of American adults are healthy. In other words, 88% of American adults are metabolically unhealthy. Other studies did the same thing, looking at cardiometabolic health, and they determined, determined that only 6.8% of adults have optimal cardiometabolic health. In other words, 93% of American adults are unhealthy. It's a high percentage. Dr. Pompa shared this, Harvard is projecting that half of the United States will be classified as obese by the year 2030. 50% of the population as obese by 2030. Back in the 70s, 1970s, obesity was uncommon. This is what photos look like at the beach in the 1970s. Fast forward to now, this is what it looks like at the beach. I live in Miami, I go to the beach, it's changed. So what has changed? Why are so many people metabolically inflexible, metabolically challenged? Of course, it's what Dr. Pompa spoke about. Of course, it's what Peskin spoke about. Of course, it's what we're gonna learn this weekend. But I'm gonna go over a few things that I've discovered as well that I believe is contributing to the problem. And I'm gonna make the case for keto. I'm gonna make the case for a really powerful supplement we need to take every day to help you all with your uh, inflammation levels. And some of you know what I'm talking about there. But wait is not a problem. Being overweight is not a problem. Nobody has a weight problem. I used to be obese for 24 years. I never had a weight problem. It is a result of the problem. It is a weight symptom. So telling people to just eat less and move more, focusing on just cutting calories, it's focusing on the symptom, not the cause. So cause number one, I'm gonna go over three causes. There's many more, but I'm gonna cover three. Toxins, and I don't have to go deep into this because we had the goat go over it, but I'm gonna go over some other things that Pompa didn't cover today. This showed that the average person consumes 2,000 tiny pieces of plastic each week, or about five grams, which equates to the weight of the average credit card. So the average person, person is eating a credit card every day per week from plastic. We know that the cash register receipts are loaded with toxins. When they ask you if you want the receipt, what do you guys say? Yeah, like, no, please. I'll look at it in my statement. Because it's loaded with toxins, studies have found that thermal, individual thermal receipts can contain BPA that is 250 to 1,000 times greater than the amounts in a can of food. So we know toxins drive weight gain and weight loss resistance. Dr. Pompa referenced that. It's a hormone problem, right? Here's how it works. And we know that it's environmental chemicals that are diabetogens, obesogens. He spoke about that. It's not as simple as telling our clients and our patients to eat less and move more. What a huge disservice. And why do I have Warren Buffett here as I talk about this? Because... And I did this for years as a personal trainer. I would tell my clients, take your fish oil and eat less and move more. Cut your calories. I would do workshops called the science of fat loss in 2014 at my old CrossFit gym teaching this. What a huge disservice I did to my community. What a huge dis disservice we're doing to our community if we're just teaching them about calories. That's like being at a workshop, a wealth workshop, a financial workshop with the goat of probably finances Warren Buffett, and I get to ask him a question. I say, Warren, how do I get rich like you? And he says, that's simple, Ben, just spend less than you earn. Okay, 
Well, it makes sense, but is it giving you the solution, right? Telling people to just eat less and move more, it makes sense, but it's not giving you the solution. It's far more than that. There's the old traditional way of thinking about obesity, and then there's a new paradigm, environmental chemicals and toxins. So we know obesogens activate PPAR gamma. PPAR gamma creates larger fat cells, new fat cells, and then obese animals and humans. Why? Survival mechanism. We've learned that from Dr. Pampa. The number one priority for the human body is what? Survival. PPAR gamma is the innate intelligence shuttling those toxins to our fat cells. There's a lot of space there because the solution to pollution is dilution. And that's what's happening with these toxins. So many in the medical and exercise physiology communities remain wedded to poor diet and lack of exercise as the sole causes of obesity. However, researchers are gathering convincing evidence of chemical obesogens, dietary, pharmaceutical, et cetera. So Dr. Pompa talked about that, which creates weight gain and obesity. There's some more info on this on endocrine.org, but you can see the categories are obesogens and diabetogens, which is actually a new category, the diabetogens. So these toxins are fat-loving, loving, lipophilic, and they act like a survival mechanism, as I mentioned, to prevent these toxins from freely circulating throughout the body. And here's how it works in the sense of weight gain. It's noteworthy that these structures are lipophilic, fat-loving, and it has the ability to increase fat deposition. This might offer an explanation as to why obesity is underlying risk factors for so many diseases, including cancer. So you can see the graph there. The image illustrates the potential for a vicious spiral to set up whereby obesogens act to increase the amount of stored, be it increased cell volume or increased cell number. So at the end there, obesogens may be self-fulfilling, and be able to increase capacity of their own retention. The toxins make us fat. Number two, keyword is adultered, right? Brian, it's, it's the adultered oils. We hear, I talk a lot about seed oils. And it is tough because it might, you might be mad at me on my social media sometimes with my Instagram videos because sometimes I don't distinguish between adultered and, and unadultered, right? But we just learned from Brian that, of course, there's a difference between rancid seed oils and those that are processed the right way. I'm a big fan of pure form. But let's talk about this real quick. The incorporation of these uh, global production of vegetable oil, industrialized seed oils, the bad ones. You can see where it started and where it ramped up and how the diets have changed dramatically. Of course, sugar and carbohydrates and the low-fat craze. But here are some studies showing what these damaged seed oils, damaged PUFAs do to us. Think of PUFAs, and I learned this from Dr. K. Shanahan, PUFAs go poof. They oxidize really quickly. They create a lot of cell inflammation. So I'm just going to go through a few studies here. I don't have to spend a lot of time here because we just learned from Brian, but persistent oxidative stress often involving enhanced peroxidation of PUFAs in the cell membrane are known to enhance the development of malignant diseases. Thus, the carcinogenic process could be initiated and or accelerated by lipid peroxidation induced DNA protein damage. This study showed that linoleic acid, of course, the oxidized version, increases endothelial dysfunction and inflammatory marker expression. It also asserts that diabetics actually have more of these oxidized LDL particles, uh, linoleic acid in their LDL particles. This one is showing that corn oil changes cardiac fatty acids and creates heart failure, essentially. And then this one is looking at how the mitochondria use different fatty acids. Pretty cool study. 
that I don't have time to break down. But if you want to look at how the mitochondria uses different fatty acids and how it produces ATP from them, this is a really phenomenal study. So we know the problem with unstable, unstable, adultered omega-6 oils. It's, of course, the processing of them. How many of you have seen the video, How Canola Oil Is Made on YouTube? Yeah, if you haven't seen that, just look at the industrial processing of it. High heat, chemical agents, bleaches, detergents, and they put that in a bottle, and then we heat it up even more, and we, it's problematic. So we know that these processed foods need a long shelf life, easy to use these products. It shuts down oxygen transfer. But the last one there, of course, overdosing on fish oil, not a good idea. So fish oils are very unstable, as Brian pointed out. We use Pureform. That's why they're upstairs. They're a quality product. So here's a list of them. And again, these are the adulterated versions. Here's a list that we want to avoid at restaurants. And I have a gift for you coming up that we're going to pass out. But at restaurants, if they're cooking with these, you know that it's processed. Canola, rapeseed, corn, et cetera. So that's the list. I put fish oil on there, even though you're not really cooking with it. We want to avoid it. We want to swap them in terms of cooking oils with saturated fats and monounsaturated fats. Olive, grass-fed butter, avocado, duck fat, beef tallow, lard, et cetera. Now, when we go to dinner, Dr. Pompa and us and all of the Platinums here, we are really hardcore in terms of finding out if restaurants are using seed oils or not. And it's very difficult to find restaurants that don't cook with seed oils. But what do we do? We tell them that we're allergic. Not that it's a preference that we prefer not to have seed oils, but we're allergic. And what happens, they pay attention, right? So I've been telling, we've been telling our Keto Camp Academy students for years to do this, and sometimes they feel uncomfortable. So here's the gift. I've developed what uh, also Olivia Pampa has done, done as well, a seed oil allergy card. And if you're watching on the live stream, you could download this for free over at Seed Oil Card. But what we're gonna do, we're gonna pass, I brought like a couple hundred, we're gonna pass them out for you to keep it. Show that to your server, works like a charm. They don't wanna get sued. You could tell them if you're sitting at a table and we're gonna share all your food so everybody cannot have these vegetable oils, so it makes it very easy. Thank you for passing that out and enjoy that. All right, glyphosate. I, I, Dr. Pompa, I didn't know you were gonna take a deep dive into this. This is perfect here, right? We know that Stephanie Seneth and Nancy Swanson also put out these graphs. So this goes right hand in hand with what Dr. Pompa was talking about. Since we started to put these uh, put glyphosate on these soy and GMO crops, we see the correlation, strong correlations. And I understand that a correlation is not the same thing uh, as what Brian was talking about. There's, there needs to be some strong correlations was what I'm referring to. These are strong correlations. So in the late 80s is when they started to apply glyphosate heavily on our soy and our uh, corn crops. And you can see dementia track nicely with that. But I'm going to go through other of these that track nicely as well. Diabetes tracks pretty closely with the application of these toxins as well. You have glyphosate and autism that are tracking as well. As Dr. Pompa mentioned, the CDC is projecting that by the year 2032, one in two children will be born on the autism spectrum. Then we have Alzheimer's tracking as well. And we have Parkinson's tracking as well. So we know it's a toxicity issue and we'll learn more about that over the weekend. But the fourth one is sick care. This is one I really wanna focus on here because you all really understand what I'm about to share here. I mean, hospital food. How tragic is it that a patient getting chemotherapy for cancer is in her hospital bed and she or he has brought this type of Franken food? 
Would you agree that this same food given to a cancer patient in the hospital is the same food that might have contributed to the cancer and that person being there? Why do they even allow fast food restaurants like McDonald's and Burger King in the hospital? More money, yeah, cash cow. Hospitals should be a healing environment. Would you agree? This is a healing environment. The vendors upstairs, healing environment. Hospitals are the complete opposite of a healing environment. And let's face it, it's big pharma, big food and big company. It is a brilliant business model that is very evil and hurting a lot of people. For example, somebody goes to Walgreens or a convenience store. What do you see at the front of the store? You see a whole bunch of processed foods with seed oils and sweeteners, artificial junk at the front of that store. People buy the processed junk at the front of the store, and then what do they get? Symptoms. They come back to the store, but now they go to the back of the store because their doctor has written them a prescription, so they pick up that prescription. But nothing changes. They keep doing the same thing and coming to the front of the store, eating the processed food, going to the back of the store, getting their second prescription. You can see how it's a really brilliant business model to keep them hooked, but very evil, because that is the truth. A cured patient is a lost customer. And Neville Goddard said, we are only limited by weakness of attention and poverty of imagination. I wanna talk about this real quick. Right there is weakness of attention. The subconscious mind runs the show. 95% of the results we're getting is from the subconscious mind. So I'm gonna focus a little bit on TV commercials because I don't watch television, but my mom does. And my fiance Natasha could attest to this. Every Thursday, we have dinner with my mom, right? We go to her apartment and she makes us dinner and we enjoy that. But here, here's the challenge with doing that. She loves watching TV and her Hallmark channel and all that. So the TV's on the whole time. And I'm, I'm looking at the commercials and I'm like, oh my gosh, like Viagra, this statin, it's like, and then fast, you know, I'm thinking, this is just infiltrating our subconscious mind, our conscious mind, our children. And I asked the question, I'm gonna ask you the question. This is the question I asked and I found out the answer, but what percentage of TV commercials in the United States are funded by Big Pharma? What do you think it is? I hear 90, 85%, 75%. In 2020, probably, arguably, it's probably higher after COVID, but in 2020, look at this. Ad spending of big of pharma industry accounted for 75% of the total ad spend. So I asked another question as well, because do other countries do this? I mean, what do you think? How many countries in the world out of 195 countries allow for big pharma to market to the consumer? You're saying two? One. Is it one, two? Only two countries. America, the United States, and New Zealand. That's it. The only two countries in the world that allow for this. Hey, when was the last time you bit into a juicy burger or a perfectly cooked steak and thought to yourself, this is the best thing I've ever tasted? If it's been a while, it's probably because most meat products are conventionally raised, which not only affects the flavor profile, but significantly diminishes the beneficial nutrients and minerals. And believe it or not, even products that are labeled as grass-fed or ethically raised to make you think they're high quality are often finished on grain or in factory farms, which is why I am so excited to share something with you today that will not only help you avoid the hormones, antibiotics, and pesticide residues that diminish the taste of conventionally raised meat, but could also save you nearly $1,000 over the next year on your grocery bill. And the best part? this may be the best tasting thing you've had in a long time. 
So what the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about Wild Pastures Meat Delivery. They provide the highest quality meats from small, regenerative, family-run farms here in the United States that prioritize sustainability and animal welfare. Their beef is 100% grass-fed. Their pork and poultry are pasture-raised, something you won't find anywhere in the grocery store, resulting in meats that are not only healthier for you, but also better for the environment. One of the reasons why me and my fiance Natasha loves wild pastures is that we can opt out out of supporting harmful conventional farming practices and instead support small family-run farms without spending a fortune. And the convenience doesn't stop there. They offer delivery straight to your door so you can enjoy delicious, high-quality meats without even leaving your house. No matter where you are in the lower 48 states, Wild Pastures has got you covered. Not only is this the most convenient way to get your meat products, but wild pasture meats are better for you nutritionally, and they're higher in the total nutrients, phytonutrients, antioxidants, key fatty acids, vitamins, minerals, proteins, and amino acids. And today, for keto campers, for a limited time, you can get 20% off every box plus free shipping for life and $15 off your first box. This is a crazy deal, and I hope you take advantage of it. So make the switch to Wild Pastures today and save nearly $1,000 on your grocery bill while feeling healthier and enjoying the best tasting meats of your life. All you need to do is go to the link in the podcast notes down below. Everything is already applied. All you got to do is click that link, customize your order, and you'll have some delicious, healthy tasting meats very soon. Head to the podcast notes down below, click the link, enjoy your wild pastures. Okay, let's get right back to this episode. So I also asked the next question. All right, what percentage of global commercials come from fast food restaurants? What do you think it is? Fast food commercials are on there. What do you think that percentage is? We already know 75%. What is it? 11 to 29% depending on the country. So in America, it's closer to 11%. So if you think about it, 75% big pharma, 11% fast food. What is there left? Like there's nothing left. So essentially it's, what, what is it? Yeah, government crap. Yeah, exactly. So it's Viagra, Papa John's, Cialis, Papa John's, Little Caesars, this statin, you know, this migraine medication just for depression. It's awful, right? We're being bombarded by it. And this came out last year. You might have seen this. This is from Tufts University. Dr. Mosafarian put this out. He's trying to work with the FDA to create some sort of food compass to incorporate this. But here's what they're suggesting. Items in green to be encouraged. You should eat it. Your family should eat it. Items in yellow should be eaten in moderation. And then red to minimize it. So you can see in green, they have orange juice, frosted mini wheats. In yellow, they have egg substitute, fried in vegetable oil. Lucky Charms, but look what they have in red. Ground beef, cheddar cheese, eggs and butter. So they're essentially saying that Lucky Charms are healthier for you than eggs and butter. Do you believe that? <laughs> so when we think about the, the 180 solution, I'm always asked, like, how do you know what is the right way to eat? How do you know this diet is not good for you and this is good for you? I always say, pay attention to what the government is telling you to eat and do the complete opposite, right? The 180 solution. So you turn this upside down, you're gonna probably be in a better direction than following this the way it's taught. 
Human beings are the only species smart enough to create their own food and dumb enough to actually eat it. That is the, the sad truth. And I'm just going to make the point. We have uh, this senator who's making some nutrition and farm bills for us. And that's, you know, that's the way he looks. And I'm not judging him by the way he looks. I'm just saying he doesn't look healthy. That's just the point. You know, this is him drinking Gatorade at uh, one of the committee meetings. I mean, they're putting together these guidelines for us and they're not looking healthy. They're drinking Gatorade. The illiterate of the 21st century are not those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. How many of you have had to do that in the past? Raise your hand. Unlearn and relearn, right? And we're constantly doing it. It's con we're constantly unlearning and relearning. And I always tell my clients, if you treat your health casually, you're going to end up a casualty. We don't want that. So what is the solution? There's many solutions we're learning over the weekend. For sure, true detoxification, that is get to the cell, to, to fix the cell to get well. I'm going to focus a little bit on an ancient healing strategy called ketosis. All of you have heard of keto before. I love keto for many reasons. I'm going to explain why. Ketosis has been around for as long as humans have existed. There's nothing new about keto. It's just nuanced or new. And Henderson said this well. Throughout much of human evolution, ketosis likely served as a valuable survival mechanism to fuel uh, brain metabolism during times of food scarcity. Hence, in some ways, the modern diet can be considered keto deficient. So when we look at those studies I showed you earlier, the 12% of people that are healthy, meaning 88% of American adults that are not healthy, I like to rewrite that and say 88% of American adults are in a keto deficiency. 93% of American adults are in a keto deficiency. They have forgotten to burn fat. They are metabolically inflexible, only burning sugar and glucose, which is going to age them fast. They have forgotten the fat burning pathway. So I'm making the case for keto here. And as you're gonna learn, we should not be in ketosis forever. Ketosis is just a tool that we tap in and out of. I don't have time to talk about how women should do it differently from men and how cycling women do it differently than postmenopausal women. I outlined all that in my book and my YouTube channel. But I'm gonna outline why keto is not a fad diet and the real fad diet is the standard American diet. Babies that are born into this world that are breastfed are naturally in a state of ketosis. Breast milk has saturated fat and cholesterol and it actually helps the development of that baby's brain, which is very important at that time of life. But Ben, there's sugar in breast milk. How could the baby be in ketosis? The baby is so efficient at using that glucose, it naturally goes in and out of ketosis. So my book is called Keto Flex, and that's exactly what I teach, going in and out of ketosis. We're born into this world naturally in that state, in and out of ketosis. So there's nothing new about keto. Burning fat is our primal birthright. We have just forgotten about it. The mitochondria are very important as we learned from Dr. Pamba. We know that it receives these fuel sources and then it produces ATP, adenosine triphosphate. We also know that there is an intelligence to the mitochondria. It's not this mindless energy factory. It's a surveillance system for threats. And there is the cell danger response, which you'll learn more about from Dr. Pampa, that shows that when there's too much stress for that mitochondria to adapt to, the mitochondria will go into the cell danger response. In other words, wartime metabolism, all for the sake of survival. I like this graphic from our friend, Dr. Jockers, which illustrates this very well. Healthy cell has healthy mitochondria that produce optimal energy for homeostasis and buffers oxidative stress. A cell defense mitochondria cell is hypometabolic, meaning producing less energy 
and it produces more inflammation. That is problematic. So long COVID symptoms, autoimmune conditions, just that stress bucket that it's overflowing, cell danger response. Another illustration of what happens with a healthy mitochondria versus unhealthy mitochondria. It's estimated that by age 70, the average American will lose 70% of their mitochondria. So let's link that to keto. The two energy systems, glucose or fat, ketones. When we think about the energy being produced from these energy sources, we know that a molecule of glucose gets you about 32 to 36 ATP energy units. A molecule of ketones gets you 120 to 160 of these energy molecules. 400% more energy when you are in ketosis. Why? Because ketones communicate with the mitochondria. They signal to them and they actually signal times are stressful. You might be going through a famine. Let's create healthier mitochondria and let's go through mitophagy and get rid of unhealthy mitochondria. So you have a situation where ketones are creating more energy, raises your basal metabolic rate. You burn more calories without having to worry about it. And then buffers oxidative stress because of mitochondria uncoupling. What an amazing combination. But if a cell is only burning sugar, somebody is metabolically inflexible, too many free radicals. It's like having a firefighter that has to keep up with an entire building that has all this smoke. It's not going to happen. But when you're in ketosis, and these are four studies showing the anti-inflammatory benefits of ketones. When you're in ketosis, it's like having a firefighter on deck, on call 24-7 to put out any, any fires, any reactive oxygen species. So for that, I love keto. And the main argument or question that we get regarding keto, my cholesterol is up, my LDL is up. You know, my doctor says I'm going to have a heart attack. It's actually the complete opposite. It's always the opposite, right? This study is showing that ketones actually have a therapeutic benefit for the cardiovascular system. Evidence from both experimental and clinical research has uncovered a protective role for ketones and cardiovascular disease. Although ketones may provide supplemental fuel for the energy-starved heart, their cardiovascular effects appear to extend far beyond cardiac energetics. Indeed, ketone bodies have been shown to influence a variety of cell processes, including gene transcriptions, inflammation, oxidative stress, endothelial function, cardiac remodeling, and cardiovascular risk factors. Let's talk about diabetes. How many of you work with diabetic patients here or clients? Yeah, most of you do. Diabetes medication does not improve diabetes. That actually makes it worse. 60% of Americans are diabetic or pre-diabetic. Every 17 seconds, another individual is diagnosed with diabetes. Each day, approximately 5,082 people are diagnosed with diabetes, which is 1.9 million people this year. In addition to those duly diagnosed, every 24 hours, there are 238 amputations in people with diabetes, 120 enter end-stage kidney failure programs, and 48 will go blind. 68% of them end up with heart disease, 16% have a stroke, 70% have diabetic neuropathy. Everything I just showed you applied to those who are actually on diabetes medication. All of those stats, the disease, are actually for people that are on diabetes medication because they don't understand that just because you're taking medication, it doesn't mean you're exempt, exempt from those set of statistics. Diabetes medication shows that sugar levels may be getting better but the diabetes is getting worse. So conventional medicine treats the symptom, the high glucose, but the root cause is cell inflammation and insulinemia, hyperinsulinemia, which takes about 10 to 15 years to develop. This study showed that every year, 
type one or type two diabetics have an A1C of 7.5% or higher, they lose 100 days off their life. So me and my fiance, Natasha, we did the math. So that means, I think I'm gonna get this right, you can fact check me. For every 15 years, they have an A1C of 7.5% or higher, they lose four years off their lifespan. Is that right? Yeah. So 30 years, eight years off their lifespan. That's how inflammatory glucose is. And it's actually rare to die from diabetes. Most people don't. It's the diseases connected to it. So let's ask the question, how much sugar can the body hold and be considered an optimal state, a metabolically healthy and flexible person? Well, in the bloodstream, only one teaspoon is considered healthy. So when you measure your fasting glucose, that's 80 milligrams per deciliters. That's an optimal fasting glucose. We know the liver and muscle cells store glucose via the glycogen stores, and it depends on how much muscle you have, but that on average, 25 to 30 teaspoons and 100 teaspoons. So we have these backup reserves. So let's look at what the average person is eating. Jamba, and these are actual, I went on a chronometer and I got the actual numbers here. So Jamba juice serving has, of acai has 20 teaspoons of sugar in it, 99 grams. Lucky Charms, which that graphic showed was healthier than red meat and butter, has in two servings, 12 teaspoons of sugar, oatmeal loaded with glyphosate, uh, not to mention that, but 10.4 teaspoons in two servings, orange juice, 10.4 servings in uh, 16 ounces. And Dr. Klum, who many of you know, showed that the average American is eating 17 to 23 times a day. High sugar, high carbs, over 300 grams of carbs per day, and constantly eating pretty much every waking hour. So what is happening? So I gotta give credit to Dr. Fung for this analogy. It's like if I grab my cell phone, pulled up Spotify, listened to The Killers, the greatest rock band in the, in the world. If you're not a fan of The Killers, listen to them. But let's say I listen to The Killers and it's at 50% volume. But I got the headphones on, I'm listening to the music, 50% volume, but I never take a break. All day, all night, I go to bed with the music on after about two weeks of doing this without taking a break, what's happening? I'm gonna feel like that music is, is, the volume is decreasing. I'm like, am I going deaf? So instead of just taking a break, I just pump up the volume on my phone. I go from 50% to 70% volume. Never take a break. After about a month, same issue. I gotta keep increasing the volume. Maybe I get to 100% in a few months, but I download this special app that actually enhances the volume even more. So think of that like medication. So I enhance the volume even more. Over a few months, I'm going deaf to the music. When we're eating high carbs and eating 17 to 23 times per day or eating frequently, that is the beta cells, the pancreas, the music shouting at your insulin receptor sites. The message is not heard. We are becoming deaf to the screams of insulin and other hormones, hormone resistance. So what's the solution? Dial down the music, do ketosis, do ancient healing strategies, do fasting, do detox, dial down the music, regain the hearing back. One of the, our passions in our group, uh, I have coach John and Becky and Alina here, our passions are to reverse diabetes in a million people, that is our goal. And it, it's so cool because diabetes type two, I should say, very easy to reverse. Dial down the music when you get to the cause. Hey Keto Camper, there's something that I do every single day to supercharge my mitochondria to help with inflammation and soreness from a workout, and that is the use of red light therapy. This is called photobiomodulation, and there's a ton of research that shows the benefits of near-infrared and red light therapy. The red light therapy that I use is from Bon Charge. I simply use it 10 to 20 minutes per day, 
It has both near-infrared and red light. And every single day when I use this, I feel ready to take on my day. So whether you're dealing with gut pain, joint inflammation, or you want to just supercharge your mitochondria, get your hands on a quality red light therapy device. And I highly recommend the one from Bond Charge. They hooked you all up for being a Keto Camp podcast listener with a 15% off coupon code. All you need to do, check out this product and all the wonderful products they have available is to go to bondcharge.com slash ketocamp and use the coupon code ketocamp at checkout to save 15% off your order. We will drop that link and coupon code in the podcast notes. Go check it out and let's get right back to this episode. So this is showing, this is on a ketogenic diet, although I like to call it more of a tool over lifestyle, but six month mark, they showed a low-carb diet achieved, compared to control diets, achieved higher emission in, seven, in 57% of patients, higher emission in type 2 diabetes. This one looking at the one-year mark showed lowering of A1C of, to less than 6.5%, between 42 and 69%. And this one showed on two-year data about a 53% reversal, 17% remission, no medication, just with diet. And we know that's a bigger problem than that, but we can see how powerful keto works for this. And here's a list of drug trials and drug medications showing similar results to what I just showed you. Ready for it? <laughs> Nothing. There's not one study. That's why you can't put keto in a pill. You, you bash it and say it's not good for you. As a matter of fact, and I didn't plan on sharing this, and I'm very intentional looking at the clock. How many of you know Dr. Eric Berg? Yeah. He just reached out to me because YouTube is censoring the crap out of him and me, and they're going after keto because there's an agenda for every human being to eat plant-based engineered meat by 2030, and keto is the opposite of that agenda. So he went from getting 100 million views per month on YouTube, which is pretty impressive, to 25 million. That's still a lot, but cut in 75%. So if you go on YouTube and type in keto, it's Mayo Clinic videos saying it's how it's unhealthy for you. Ketoacidosis, it's so bad for you, right? There's an agenda because you can't put it into a pill. But it's not just the diet. We understand that it's toxins. And here's a great study referencing what toxins do to create insulin resistance, weight gain, et cetera. I got to speed this up, but I just want to let you know, we don't do keto forever. We do keto flexing, AKA diet variation for four, for many reasons, but I'm, I'm going to outline the most important thing is to get fat adapted, burning fat instead of sugar, and then keto adapted, which is going to reshape your physiological sy systems. So that takes a little bit longer. That's when the mitochondria are now really efficient at using those ketones. You could do it 45 days, 60 days is the goal that we teach our students, but fat adapted, keto adapted, and then we flex in and out. You go out of ketosis. Here are four reasons why long-term ketosis is not a good idea. And we know Dr. Pompa, we've been kicked out of some conferences, low-carb conferences because we preach this message, but it's the truth. We don't want to be dogmatic. We want to use it as a tool. Fat burning slows down because of course, you want to preserve your precious fuel source. And if you're only burning fat and not sugar, you want to slow that down. So it creates weight loss resistance and actually a lot of keto stalls. Thyroid issues, the thyroid, the brain produces thyroid stimulating hormone. The thyroid produces T4. T4 needs to be converted to T3. The active version, what helps that conversion? Insulin actually helps make that conversion. So with chronically low levels of insulin, that conversion from T4 thyroid inactive to T3 active doesn't happen as efficiently, then we have thyroid issues. Number four, number three, excuse me, there's a buildup in this nasty free radical called 4-hydroxynanonol, 4-HNE. 
when you're oxidizing a lot of fats, especially the adulterated fats. So there's a lot of studies showing keto creates cancer. Keto linked to cancer, this is why. Chronic long-term ketosis, eating the wrong fats, yes, absolutely can be linked to cancer. And number four, when you're chronically in a state of ketosis, it's signaling famine and stress. Sometimes when it's chronic, the adrenals have to pick up the slack for that to create the glucose, and that could be hard on the adrenals. Yes, five minutes to get through the most important part. Yes, I knew I'd get through those slides. <laughs> the best supplement in the world to take every single day, recommend it for your clients or patients. Don't give it away if you know what I'm talking about, because I'm not gonna give it away. Yeah, it's called vitamin G, but don't give it away what, what you think it is. I'm gonna show you some studies on vitamin G and why I believe we should take it every day. So number one, this is a workshop done by Dr. Joe Dispenza looking at IgA levels, 120 people through a vitamin G workshop. So as cortisol levels go up, a chemical called IgA goes down. IgA is a protein, one of the strongest building blocks of life. It's responsible for the healthy function of our body's immune system. It's constantly fighting a barrage of bacteria, viruses, organisms that invade and or are already living within the body's internal environment. Bottom line, IgA is better than a flu shot or immune system booster. So here's what the study did. Four day workshop, they had 120 participants go into this elevated emotional state, love and vitamin G, I almost gave it away, uh, taking vitamin G for nine to 10 minutes to determine if they could reverse that trend of cortisol going up and IgA going down. So at the conclusion of the event, the cortisol levels of our participants dropped by three standard deviations and their IgA level shot up on average from 52.5 to 86. They note that this was significant, measurable changes. They also looked at what happens in the brain when somebody takes vitamin G and they saw 1,200 chemical reactions take place instantaneously. GABA, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, these are feel-good chemicals and hormones and you get it instantaneously as soon as you take vitamin G. This study showed vitamin G lowers blood pressure. Those who take vitamin G versus those don't, who don't have lower blood pressure levels. This one showed those who take vitamin G have lower blood sugar levels, A1C levels as well. So you might be thinking, is there a vendor upstairs with vitamin G? You might be on your phone looking on Amazon. Where do you purchase vitamin G? What is vitamin G? Y'all are smart. The practice, yeah, clap for gratitude. I like claps for gratitude. Universal law, what you feed energy to expands. Otherwise, what you appreciate, appreciates. You can't argue universal laws. There's a world law called gravity. You might say gravity doesn't exist, but I could jump off the stage and you'll see that even if you don't believe in it, it does exist. Same thing with this. The brain has uh, this reticular activating system, size of your pinky and your brainstem. And it's there, God put it there as a selective seeking mechanism meaning there's so many stimulations that we have every day, millions of stimulation. If we didn't have a filter in the brain to filter out what is not important, the brain would short circuit. So the RAS filters that out. You start focusing on a certain vehicle you wanna buy. You buy the vehicle, a red Tesla. You see that red Tesla everywhere. You buy a certain dress and you notice women have the same dress all, all the time. Like you focus on something, you start seeing it everywhere. It's not that they were never there before, it's now the RAS picks it up. So I'm comparing this to when you are in a grateful state and you appreciate things, you get more things to be grateful for. But opposite is true. If the RAS is, is being fed everything that you hate about yourself in the world, you're gonna just see more things that you hate. 
That's the way it works. Last thing I'm gonna share here is this video, and then we'll wrap this up. I'm gonna to prove to you in 60 seconds here that it extends lifespan, you ready? How do you think you've lived to be 97? Like, how do you think you made it this many years? I don't know, I don't know. Because I'm naughty, I eat sugar, I eat butter, I eat things that I should not eat, and I have all my life. Well, what do you think is the secret? You know, people ask me and I tell them, that you um, you pray a lot, you have faith. I do have faith, yes. I And I really spend, I, I, I cannot end my day without being grateful. I never take anything for granted. So that's that's probably the secret. That's how you live to be 97. I don't because know. Because you never end your, your day without being grateful. I don't know. I really don't. You have a lot of gratitude in your heart? Yes. Give her a clap. How amazing is that? What a beautiful lady. Last thing I'm going to share with you is that I want you to all grab your right hand like this and cover your right ear. Cover. Leave it there as I say this, okay? Leave it there. You are all masterpieces because you are all pieces of the master. God has built your body to be self-healing. Acknowledge that and show that to the world. Remove your hand. Why did I have you do that? I didn't want it to go through one ear and out the other. <laughs> I have grateful, I have gratitude for you all. Thank you so much. Love you all. Yeah, big support. round of applause. Ben Azadi, everybody. I hope you enjoyed my lecture. If you'd like my presentation slides, simply email me support at ketocamp.com, camp with the K, and put live it to lead it presentation slides, and we'll get that to you. Please consider sharing this episode with a friend. Please consider leaving the show a rating and review. And go get subscribed to the Keto Camp YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash Keto Camp. I've got vitamin G for you. Thanks for showing up today. I'll see you in the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.